0: Welcome to the Family Worship Companion, supplementing your personal reading of Scripture with a Christ-centered emphasis and real-life application for every member of the family. Today we come to Genesis chapter 5. This gives us the genealogy of Adam and swiftly moves us from Adam to Noah, Now, Noah is hugely significant, as no doubt most of you are aware, because it is through him that humanity is spared and preserved, even though God is brought to a point where he must destroy the world. Now, the descendants of Adam, obviously, are a mixed bag. And even among the best of them, there is this lack of ability to avoid the reality of death. Because Adam sinned, death comes into the world. There's one exception to that, and he brings to as much instruction. So let's take a little look at this chapter in more detail. So, when we read Genesis 5, one of the questions that arises, and maybe some of you children uh, think this or wonder about this how come they all live so long? You have this list of names, and they all seem to live a very long time. Well, Different arguments are given. Some suggest it's because they were closer to the perfection of humanity. This is not long after the fall and it's before the flood. So humanity was in a healthier state. It was a more perfect condition as far as physical ability. That may be the case. Others suggest that God placed this in so that the initial command to fill the earth could be performed more quickly. And with the the longevity of life, uh, that populating of the earth could happen at a faster rate, others suggest it helped man to acquire skills and learning. A man who has fifty years of mastering his trade has not the same advantage. so if you live for five, six, seven, eight, nine hundred years, you can master a trade, master several trades, and all that knowledge that you acquire can be passed on to another generation. These are just some ideas. Whether that's the case or not, we can't tell. When we get to verse 3, we are meant to see a contrast between what's stated here and in the first verse. Adam is made in the likeness of God, but his son is made in the likeness of Adam. There's a distinction here, and again, it's because of the fall. It's not that the image of God and man has been completely lost, but there has been a diminishing of that condition that man was in. When we read verses 4 through 20, again, it's a very quick overview of the descendants of Adam, and yet there's a distinction between this record and in the previous chapter. The descendants of Cain also are passed over very quickly, but in that case, even though they achieve these great feats that are detailed for us in a way that we don't find here, there's no detail about how long they lived. It seems as if their lives largely speaking, weren't all that important to God. However long we live, we should live it to God. And the young man who lives from 15 to 25, sold out for God and is taken at an early age uh, into God's presence, has done more for God and has done more that is significant, ultimately, than the man who lives for a 100 years and yet did nothing for God at all. When we come to verse 21 through 24, I think the previous point is given more credence because we're told of Enoch. And Enoch, relatively speaking, does not live anywhere near as long as everyone else. Everyone else is living around 900 years. Enoch lives for 365 years, but that life counted. It had huge significance to God. And when we look at the life of Enoch, we see that in a number of ways he typifies the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, he typifies for us the righteousness of Christ because he walks with God in a fallen world. That's what Christ is going to do. He's going to come, take on flesh. He's going to walk with God perfectly on our behalf and acquire for us a righteousness that is imputed to us when we believe. He also typifies, that is Enoch, typifies for us the resurrection of Christ because he manages to circumvent death by the help of God and by a miracle of God. And he also typifies the ascension of Christ because God takes him. That happens in the life of our Lord Jesus as well. But there's another significant detail in the life of Enoch, and that is with regard to his son. His son is called Methuselah, a compound word made up of the words death and send. When he dies, it shall be sent. Which, if you just stop for a minute and think, when he dies, it shall be sent. If you know your Bible, you might be placing into that, does this have anything to do with the flood? And that's precisely what it has to do with. Because what we find when we do the calculation is that Methuselah dies the year that the flood comes to the world. And so in some way, God reveals to Enoch that with the arrival of his son, there is this message of judgment that is to come, that's found in his name. And when finally Methuselah is gone, that judgment will fall. Enoch then, when we look in the New Testament, he is mentioned and he is a preacher. He is one who is declaring and giving warning to people. And then in verse 29, we're told of Noah. Noah means comfort or rest. Noah, in some way, is going to provide rest or comfort to the world amidst all the devastation of sin and the judgment that God is going to bring upon this earth. And so we come to application and we'd say, first of all, this passage reminds us that there is no avoiding the consequences of sin. We're not going to avoid death. And so, children, you need to be aware of that. You will die should the Lord Jesus tarry and not come back in your lifetime, then you're going to die. You're going to experience it. Parents, adults, you also need to be aware of this. We are all going to die. There's no avoiding this, and so we must live in light of this reality. Two, the chapter underlines for us the reality of federal headship. Adam sins, and because we are represented by Adam, therefore the consequences of that sin are going to come to us as well. So, as in Adam... All die, as the language of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15. But the hope that we have then is in Jesus Christ. We need federal representation in another. And this is what Christ provides. He provides a representation that is distinct from Adam. In Adam, all must die. In Christ, all are made alive. Third, Enoch is clearly warned of God that judgment is to come. That's why he calls his son Methuselah. But What is interesting to me is, as I read this passage, it seems that with the giving of his son, Enoch begins at that point to walk with God. It's almost as if becoming a father moves him to take seriously how he is living. And that that can be a sobering time. Those of you that are parents may be aware of that experience or have felt some kind of experience like that. Every time God places a life into your hands, we should step back and be aware, listen, I need to live soberly. I need to wake up and whatever's going on in this world around me, I need to walk with God and be an example to these children. Fourth, we learn that while our labors may be great and significant, the fruit might be small. Enoch doesn't see much fruit. Now, there may have been many that were converted that died before the flood came. But when the flood finally comes, there's little evidence that Enoch had a significant influence upon the people living at that time. The only people to enter the ark are Noah, his wife, his sons, and their wives. It just reminds us that we may be given a great task, and what we actually see may not be all that significant. Fifth, again we learn from Noah that God plans to wipe the slate clean as far as this world is concerned, and Noah is the one that is going to bring rest and comfort. So he is going to live in a time when God is going to take away all the ungodly line, and then Noah and his family will be what's left over. But the real comfort and rest that Noah gives is not through what he does. It is through the one that he preaches. If men would listen to the preaching of Noah, that is where the rest and comfort can come. And the same is true today. We ourselves can't bring any rest or comfort, but we bring comfort to the world and rest to the souls of men when we point them to Christ to trust in him. So this is our work. This is your work. This is my work. May we also, like Noah, bring comfort and rest to souls by preaching up the Lord Jesus and telling men to behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world.